Everything as a Service Journal is an online publication built to help technology solution providers identify and quickly tap into new sources of recurring revenue. Today's podcast is sponsored by Barracuda MSP. Thanks for joining me today. I'm Jay McCall, co-founder of Everything as a Service Journal and your host for today's episode of Zascast. If you're a VAR or MSP who's concerned about protecting your business and your customers' businesses from ransomware, you came to the right place. Today, I'll be talking to Adam Kahn, the VP of Global Security Operations at Barracuda MSP. Adam has 20 plus years of experience focused on application and infrastructure automation and security. In fact, in 2008, he and his team at Priceline led an investigation which led to the capture of infamous cyber bandit Dimitri Zabaka, who performed a massive number of distributed denial-of-service attacks against Priceline, Amazon, and PayPal. Adam is passionate about protecting SMBs, and he has some timely tips you won't want to miss. Adam, welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Pleasure to be here. Uh, Super excited and looking forward to discussing our ransomware topic. Excellent. Hey, before we jump into things, Adam, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, your role there with uh, Barracuda MSP? Yeah, definitely. So uh, like Jay mentioned, my name is Adam Khan. I'm the VP of Global Security Operations. Um, I've been with uh, Barracuda Scout for about uh, five years. Uh, been in technology and security for over 20 years, working for companies like Priceline.com and a few others along the right. Oh, fantastic. Well, we're glad to have you here with us today. We'll, let's uh, jump right into it. As we've mentioned um, in the intro, our topic today is about ransomware. You know, and it's a topic we've been, you know, discussing for a number of years and uh, opposite of it going away, uh, it's actually uh, been increasing. You know, we saw an initial uptick at the beginning of the pandemic. And then, you know, even looking at uh, last year in 2021, uh, in- industry insiders tell us that ransomware uh, exploded 518%. And so, you know, let's start with there. Let's, let's delve into what do you think, um, what changed uh, just last year uh, that has, you know, made ransomware so popular among the cyber uh, criminal community? Yeah, great question. And I think uh, it attributes to three main things that have, uh, you know, led to this, you know, drastic increase over time. So one of the biggest things is, I would say, the digital transformation, right? As we went from, you know, the desktop age, uh, where companies are utilizing, you know, equipment within their offices and things like that, we went to a mobile age. And then, you know, you that was led by growth to the cloud. And then now with blockchain technology being widely accepted and used, those are the, you know, biggest factors leading to the ransomware increases, uh, as we see. The the second thing I would say is the, the hybrid work environment that companies have adopted and really gone forward with 2021 being the leading factor uh, due to COVID. And employees are not in, in their normal, you know, work environment where they're behind a firewall or they're behind their infrastructure. And they're utilizing their laptops and they're not security minded, you would say. 
you know, when you're not in that work environment, you kind of take things a little bit easily and not yeah. looking at emails even carefully as you would in that infrastructure and that surrounding that you would be. So I would say that's probably the, the second uh, biggest one. And third being um, ransomware as a service has really come into play. Like nowadays, you know, with groups like Revel or Darkside, um, who have actually executed a large amount of attacks against the Colonial Pipeline or JSB, the meatpacking uh, supply chain uh, industry. And uh, it's really becoming easy for someone who is not technically sound to be able to subscribe to these ransomware as a service uh, applications and uh, start utilizing them against you know, uh, companies that's kind of led to the the huge drastic increase overall. So those three things I would say are the biggest contributors. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, summary. You know, it's interesting. You know, uh, you know the as a service trend. You know, we we think of it a lot of times, and um, you know, our whole publication is founded on that principle of you know IT solutions being sold as a service. But it's interesting that the um, cyber criminals are also taking advantage of that uh, of that model uh, for their own. Purposes, yeah. yeah. To add to that, it's 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 really interesting because these services have like an 800 number and a customer service uh, side of it. So when you do get hacked and when you do get uh, attacked by ransomware, you actually get a number to call where they actually walk you through how to set up, you know, a, a, an account on a crypto exchange, how to actually transfer the money, and they walk you through step by step and actually how to pay them. And they're very you know, nice, and they, I know they're they're doing it by for malicious purposes, but they this is actually a business for them, right? And obviously a nefarious one, but um, yeah, it just shows like the adopt adoption overall that's that's taken place. Yeah, that, that's interesting. You know, and you know, a lot of times, you know, initially when we talked about you know ransomware, it was always about you know protecting the uh, end users, the end customers. Uh, but, you know, in more recent times, we've seen that uh, the MSPs have been a primary target uh, for cyber uh, criminals. And it makes sense. The MSPs have, you know, connection to so many uh, different customers. It's kind of uh, if uh, if these uh, criminals can breach the MSPs networks, and a lot of times that opens up a lot of other opportunities to these uh, end customers. So the question then is, how can MSPs um, prepare and protect themselves against these ransomware attacks? Yeah, very good question. I think uh, you know what you you hit the nail on the uh, right there when you said MSPs have a large amount of customers, and attackers know this, right? Uh, normally, when they attack a large organization, they have to go through multiple layers of infrastructure, security tools, and things like that. With the MSPs, they attack one MSP and they have access to like a hundred of their tenants, right? So it's an easy target for them. And one of the things I would say, the biggest things MSPs can do is actually come to the realization that cybersecurity is a need. Recognizing that is the most biggest thing. And ransomware attacks are you know, damaging to themselves and their customers and their reputation. Right, understanding that this is no longer like oh nice to have like you know in the early two thousands or in the mid two thousands. This is like 
necessities nowadays, right? So recognizing that and you know agreeing to that assumption is the biggest thing. And I would say uh, three main things that definitely that MSP should do. Uh, look at it in, from people, process, technology, right? From the people side, educate uh, their employees and their users and their customers on the different cybersecurity attacks um, that are happening, um, whether they subscribe to Barracuda channels where we release a lot of our threat advisories or things like that, or a different security um, mediums that share different cybersecurity um, uh, knowledge and, and vulnerabilities that are out there. Uh, education is one of the biggest things that uh, MSPs and, and uh, their customers should focus on. The second thing is about having a process, right? It's uh, if something were to happen, an incident response process, if something were to happen, you know, what are the actions we need to take to contain, mitigate, and recover from that breach, right? The the, the stat is the, the first hour of any breach is the most critical hour. They call it the golden hour, right? Yeah. To be able to quickly assess a situation, um, contain it and mitigate it, right? So um, having that process, who are the key players in my organization that I should be in contact with? Um, you know, so who are the ones that are going to take the action? Uh, you know, which ones are going to actually do external communication to our customers and our clients? So that be the second one, which is the process part. And technology part is is a more proactive part, which is like you know one of the most important ones is actually have like active monitoring in place, 24 by 7, 365, um, for you know your network, your infrastructure, your cloud architecture and having an endpoint protection and EDR in place and uh, um, email protection in place. So I would say the people process technology is, you know, one of the biggest things MSPs can do to focus on preventing uh, ransomware attacks. Yeah, gotcha. You know, I guess when it comes to this would be more of a follow-up for the technology side, you know, is there a particular framework that the MSP should be using? Yeah, great question. There's actually a lot of them out there, and it could be daunting and confusing for MSPs, right? Hey, there's NIST, there's you know HIPAA, there's um, you know SOC two. What do I what do I need to do to cover my base overall? So I think um, you know CIS controls, a Center of Information Security, is one of the best benchmarks and guidelines around there. They make it first very easy for anybody to adopt their framework to start looking at, you know, what are my critical assets? First, get inventory of what you have. Then you need to figure out how I can go about protecting them. If you don't know exactly what I have in my environment, how do I go about protecting it, right? So mm -hmm. realizing what is my assets? What are my, not just hard assets, I'm talking about laptops, desktop, Talk about software assets also. What are the different applications that I'm utilizing, right? Um, right? How do I do my account management? How do I do my access control? So CIS controls really walk you through step-by-step step exactly on how to execute that. They also have, uh, CIS also has a self-assessment tool which you can utilize, which MSPs can utilize to get an initial baseline of, um, you know, where does their cybersecurity posture lie and how they could go about actually working towards improving them. And these controls, which is another big part of it, why they're widely recognized in the community, 
is they actually help you comply with all the top security uh, frameworks. So HIPAA, NIST, uh, PCI DSS, SOC 2, and, and many others, DFARS as well. Excellent. Yeah, that is a good one. I hear a lot about that one. In fact, I, I believe, you know, one of the th things I, I like about them is, you know, they've been around a long time. Um, and, you know, as these, as this digital area we're continuing to move into evolves so quickly, I, I feel like, you know, they're um, updating with the times. I think it was within the last year or two that they updated their controls, right? They had um, they actually reduced the number, right, for clarity and... Um, yeah, it went from 20 to eight, uh, 18 uh, in the last version, right. which is version That's right. Yeah. So yeah, they're constantly adapting. You know, they're they're looking at uh, new things about like how you know companies are going to the cloud. So they're just added an email and web uh, browser protection um, control in there. Um, they added uh, audit logging being one of the biggest ones. Malware defense, uh, you know, data recovery. So there's a lot of good additions that are there, but they kind of like did it by subtraction than addition, yeah. you know, kind of combined it. So it's much easier. Yeah. I'm just curious too, like when, you know, when you're you know talking to partners, um, you know, when you, when you look at the statistics about, you know, ransomware and, you know, the explosion, I, I would imagine, especially for a newer partner, it could seem like, well, hey, do we even want to get into security or should we just, you know, leave that to someone else? I mean, do you feel like, I mean, from what you're seeing, folks that, you know, IT solution providers that are following these steps you're talking about, I mean, are, are they, um, I mean, I guess there's nothing that's foolproof that you're going to say you're going to have 100% security, but do you feel like um, these following these things will significantly reduce your risk and you can have a viable yeah. <laughs> business for years to come? Right. There is no silver bullet. That's definitely the case, right? There's no one single thing that you could say, oh, I'll install X, Y, and Z, and I'll be 100% protected. Right. But it, it, we talk about in security being a, a layered and or onion approach, right? You put in, basically, you make it harder and harder for the attackers to try to get to your most critical assets, which is your yeah. data, right? And you build, basically, concentric rings around your data and protect it uh, against, uh, you know, uh, cyber criminals and attackers. So... Following these principles, like CIS controls that I talked about, it's a really good, mature baseline, which, which will get you start thinking, who has access to my data? Is it shared across the company? Like, can any employee get access to, you know, you know, people's salaries or, or my customer data or things like that? So it literally gets down to the, the granular level to start making MSPs think about it themselves and to have that discussion with their customers as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, good. Well, hey, Adam, you know, uh, really appreciate you, you sharing, um, you know, this info today. Uh, anything else we haven't talked about with in regard to ransomware that you think would be good to, you know, leave as a takeaway uh, for our listeners? Uh, you know, someone especially who's maybe not, you know, as... Um, advanced in um, security, but has an interest and sees a need, you know, to um, protect themselves and to be able to uh, offer the, you know, better security services to their customers? Yeah, I think, you know, it's ransomware is always evolving. It's not, um, you know, uh, primarily designed to 
encrypt data and lock you out of systems and ask for ransom, right? Which is primarily the thing. I've seen new types of ransomware, which is a group called Karakurt recently. And it's very interesting because they're not focused on encrypting devices, encrypting servers, or encrypting data and asking you for ransomware. The way Karakurt works is pretty interesting. They're only focused on data exfiltration. So once a malware is deployed, it will sit benign in the system and just take the data and exfiltrate it out, right? Once it's exfiltrated, you'll get a, an email from the attacker saying that, hey, just wanted to let you know all your systems are operational. There is nothing wrong. There is no downtime. But I have exfiltrated terabytes of data outside. And then you need to you know, pay me so I won't share this um, externally. Now that could cause huge damage to your business, right? I, I know um, a lot of customers that I, I predominantly in, in the security operations center, a lot of customers come to us after the fact that they've been hit by ransomware. Um, so it's a very critical situation to kind of triage the situation and, and figure out you know, how they actually got in. But um, you know, what the things I discussed today kind of really focus on how to make sure you're protected, how to make sure what are the right steps I need to take to protect my organization and my customers um, against ransomware. And, and it's ever evolving. Like I just told you about the character uh, ransomware. It's like, hey, I would never know this is happening, but ultimately my data that I need to protect is external. Now somebody has it. And um, yeah, it's a pretty uh, daunting situation for a business to be in. Yeah, you know, I just had, you know, one other thought as you were talking about that, you know, I could imagine, you know, your company, and you get that kind of a message, you know, especially if you're the person at your company that's in charge of protecting that information that can be pretty, you know, scary, uh, embarrassing, all these things. And I'm, I'm imagining like the tendency would be in some cases um, to try to make that problem go away as quickly as possible. And I guess, and we've seen that happen. Some companies just try to pay that ransom and try to move on before it gets um, into the press yeah. or anything like that. What, what is your uh, thoughts and advice on, on those uh, situations? Yeah. I would, you know, one of the things is this is definitely a critical situation. It's not something that like each company has to decide uh, what is the right approach. Um, paying the ransom does not guarantee you that ultimately the attacker will share it out anyway. Um, you know, one of the things we always recommend is utilizing the company's legal counsel to figure out what is the right approach, what is the risk level that they're willing to take yeah. if a situation like this happened. Do they have, you know, what type of data was taken, right? I think you kind of work backwards. Um, and what type of damage are we looking at from such and such data being leaked out? You know, what will our vendors you know, think about. So it's it's a lot of like a business decision. I wouldn't say, you know, hardline, do not pay the ransom or pay the ransom. Uh, it's 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 a business decision. I think like the leadership has to make at the time of um, that incident taking place. But things we talked about today is, is all about getting ahead of that, yeah. right? Being more proactive. You don't want to wait until something happens. You know, you want to be proactive. It's like, um, you know, getting car insurance on, on, on your car, right? You don't get car insurance after you have an accident. You're not going to be covered. <laughs> right, so right. You want to, you know, have that proactive mindset.
Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and I, I think of too, like, you know, some of the things like you talked about earlier, like in particular, like having that uh, incident response plan, you know, a company that invests the time to kind of think through those uh, scenarios is maybe less likely to have a knee jerk reaction and, and make a, make the problem even worse by um, trying to sweep it under the rug. And, I, you know, one other thing that came to mind is that, you know, sometimes when it happens, you know, that can get them into some legal trouble, right. With um, inadvertently kind of aiding a um, terror organization or whatnot. I forget the specific law that talks about that. Right. But in, in addition to having your data compromised, now you're dealing with, um, uh, all these compliance uh, issues uh, on top of that, right? Yeah, there's there's actually a few government regulations which, I mean, depending on the industry that you're in and the, you know, contract you're doing, if you're like with the local government or the federal government, you have 72 hours to report an incident. Um, you know, swooping it under the rug, you have to contact the actual authorities. I've been on multiple calls with the FBI and, and law enforcement agencies um, both local and federal level that, you know, um, it's not something that you want to take lightly if you were to be in that situation by any means. Yeah, I, I would imagine uh, that that would be a very uh, daunting situation to be in. Uh, but um, yeah, and that's that's why we have conversations like this to, you know, give um, uh, managed services providers uh, food for thought, you know, uh, if they haven't yeah. been, you know, victims of this or, um, you know, or, or their customers, you know, maybe it's, it's a newer thing, but it's never too late to start preparing. And like you said, to, um, really understand that, you know, we, we've seen a big uptick in the ransomware attacks over the past year. And uh, it's important to really have a, that framework in, in, in place to, um, prepare yourself, um, your people, right. processes and technologies in place. And it's not like, I don't want to make it like doom and gloom, you know, it, yeah. it's, there's a lot of good people in the security community who are, you know, protecting a lot of MSPs and, and, and their customers, you know, uh, so there's a lot of great work being done on uh, technology side and, 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 and the people side being that there's a big security talent shortage overall in, 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 in the industry and MSPs can definitely you know utilize and partner up because if they don't have the security expertise within their organizations because because the scarce resources they should definitely reach out to you know a partner that they feel comfortable with um who can help them address these needs whether it comes to ransomware or other type of attacks and just to clarify with you know and i can imagine like especially a startup who's maybe uh, isn't fully staffed yet or whatnot, or don't, doesn't quite have those credentials or expertise. And, you know, they do need that kind of partnership. Are you talking about like a managed security services provider who would be the partner or would it be a, you know, a vendor that specializes in security, like, like Barracuda, for instance, or would it be both or what? what exactly. Yeah. Okay, MSSP, um, which is our division. So we have a 24 by seven, 365 security operations center, which is consists of three specialized teams within it. Uh -huh. And these experts are from, um, they have uh, certified ethical hackers, they're CISSPs, um, they have cloud infrastructure uh, certifications from AWS, Google Workspaces, and Azure. So you need to house that and having somebody to go to, to basically look at it, security from like top to bottom really helps out because it could be daunting. Like you said, if you're a startup, 
you know, where do I start, right? I have this yeah. web application sitting, you know, did my developer put some code in there that could be malicious that I can be attacked? I don't even know. Like, what are the things I need to do? Should I run a pen test? Should I run a vulnerability scan? Should I monitor the logs 24 by 7? So like a managed um, provider would definitely help um, in that space. All right, fantastic. Well, hey, I want to thank you again uh, for your time. It's been a great conversation and I uh, look forward to uh, having you back on the podcast again in the near future. Sounds good. Pleasure meeting you and thank you for being allowing me to be part of this. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Zazcast. As promised, you can find additional information from Barracuda MSP on ransomware and other cybersecurity topics in the links below the description to this episode, as well as at Everything as a Service Journal, xaasjournal.com. You can also find additional cybersecurity resources on Barracuda's website at barracudamsp.com. 